Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Hi everyone, this is Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator. Today we are having a conversation with Sam Hicks and Liz Mahalchek. Sam is a school counselor at Champlain Park High School, and Liz is a mental health therapist at Rum River Elementary. Both Sam and Liz have had an impact on many in Anoka Hennepin, and many turn to them for questions and support. I'm excited to have a conversation with them and learn about their roles and some support systems that our school district has to offer. It is my pleasure to welcome Sam and Liz, and thank you so much for providing us with your expertise today. Thanks. Happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're going to get the conversation started. How are you today? I know that school is right around the corner and you guys both maybe just started back to work or started having parents and students reach out to you. So how are you? Great. It's going to be it's going to be interesting year. It's going to be different, <laughs> but I think it will be great for students to be back in the classrooms as much as possible. How about you, Sam? Um yeah, this is the start of week three for me, and um, first two weeks was a lot of uh, catching up on communications from families from over the summer and then here in these first few weeks, but we're starting to see it come into focus. We've got students in the building coming to pick up technology, and so right. starting to feel real again. Awesome. Uh, Sam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you into your role at, in an Okanapin? Sure. Um, this is my 20th year as a high school counselor. I spent my first 16 years at a high school down in Athens, Georgia. Moved, uh, so it's the start of my fourth year at Champlain Park. I, I love it here. Uh, we moved to Minnesota for my wife. She's a professor at St. John's and St. Ben's. And so we, uh, we moved here. And she's from the cities originally. And so we moved here to be near her family. So uh, I'm loving being a part of the Champlain Park family and getting to know students and families here. Thanks for sharing a little bit about you and welcome to Minnesota, year four. Thank you. <laughs> How about you, Liz? How Can you tell the audience about yourself and what led you to Anokanapin Schools? Absolutely. Um, I have a master's in counseling and psychotherapy. I am actually a licensed school counselor, a licensed professional clinical counselor, and a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, as well as a certified grief counseling specialist. Wow. Um, I'm a school-based therapist with Headway Emotional Health as part of the awesome Anoka Hennepin School-based team. I grew up and graduated from the Anoka Hennepin School District, actually. My mom was a longtime teacher in the district. And um, so I'm happy to be serving in the district now as well. So you have a lot of experience with Anoka Hennepin with being a student and a, a parent that was a teacher, and now you're back. It came full circle. <laughs> yes, it did. As you guys are aware, the district has... A lot of people that support our students, so we have a district-wide support model where staff in schools help our students to be successful, and you two are really important pieces of that puzzle. Can you tell us a little bit about the typical responsibilities of a mental health therapist and a school counselor for those of us that maybe don't really understand what the scope of your position looks like? What does a day-to-day -day job look like? I know it probably changes, but Liz, would you mind telling us a little bit about your role? 
Yeah, I like to describe my role as having an outpatient therapy office right inside the school. So we have about 25 therapists across the Anoka Hennepin District in the high school, middle school, elementary and early childhood levels. And we address school success concerns, mental health, substance use issues and trauma. Um, as well as other things. And our services are typically covered by insurance and Headway offers billing support as well. A typical day may look like seeing any clients that I have scheduled for that day, attending meetings such as IEP meetings that I'm invited to by families, consulting about students with teachers and administrators, communicating with families about the needs of their child, and assisting with any crisis situations that come up as well. Great. Thank you for sharing. It sounds like you do a lot of different things every day and wear a lot of different hats. It doesn't sound like it stays the same each day. Yeah, my day-to-day responsibilities definitely change. Sam, can you tell us a little bit about what a school counselor does? Sure. Um, uh, So school counselors' main responsibilities are to serve the academic, personal, social, or mental health needs and uh, career and college readiness for students in the Anoka Hennepin School District. And so uh, we do that by trying to embed learning into different types of, uh, of environments. So some of that is through one-on-one individual counseling. Some other is through small group work with classroom guided lessons and others in small groups for kind of uh, niche topics. And so what does a typical day look like? Much like Liz, it's never the same. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it does tend to be kind of cyclical. And so at the beginning of each trimester in Anoka Hennepin, it's all about kids' schedule and making sure that they're taking the academic courses that are going to meet graduation requirements and help them learn about things that will help in their career development. Kind of midway through the fall, focus shifts towards seniors and college applications processes. Mid-year, it turns more towards academic support, mental health support as school and life get to be kind of more difficult. And then in the spring, we spend more time with helping with career planning or future class planning. But day to day, yeah, it just depends. Some days it will be in the classroom teaching lessons. Some other days I'll just have students coming through all day, every day. So it just depends. So you two wear many hats each day where it's kind of nice that it's cyclical and you maybe know what to expect in the big picture. The day-to-day operations change each day. So thank you guys for sharing a little bit about what your work looks like. Uh, As mentioned, there are several supports in our district that support student success. Can you tell us how you and your role partner with other supports in the schools? Maybe how you work with teachers or social workers or the nurse or the principal or the student achievement advisor in your school and just kind of how your work couples and partners and parallels the work that they do as well? Sure. The school counselors at Champlain Park High School tend to be the sort of the liaison to make sure that families and students are able to connect with all of the resources that they need. So we work really closely with administration, with teachers, with school social workers, school nurses, school psychologists, special education, all of the different players in the life of kids to Mm -hmm. make sure that the kids are accessing their needs and how to meet those needs most efficiently. So we, we tend to be general practitioners. And so information tends to flow through us. And then if they need specialty care, then we connect them with a specialist. Great. How about at the elementary level, Liz, for you? Yes, and I would definitely agree with Sam that we are general practitioners in the same way that we partner with other supports. And it's so vital 
that we partner with the school social workers and the school counselors at the other levels. But at the elementary level, the school social workers really have their finger on the pulse of the school. So it is so important that we partner with them to know what students they're working with and who could perhaps benefit from more in-depth therapy work because they see concerns first, as do teachers. So teachers often consult with the therapists. They make referrals and with assigned release are updated on a need-to-know basis on how therapy will impact the child in the classroom. And parents are also updated. They're part of the process as well. So they're actually a very vital part to make sure that therapy is beneficial for their child. It just sounds like from what both of you said, you're just an integral part of a puzzle of really supporting students as their whole. It's not just one person that makes an impact on the students' lives. It's everyone really working together to really support the student to help them to be successful in both academic and social-emotional learning. So thanks for sharing that information with us. As each of us have been affected by the pandemic in some way or another, and we're starting the new school year next week, whether we're ready or not, here it comes, right? I know a lot of students have been in the buildings this week getting their Chromebooks, meeting their teachers, getting their class schedule. So knowing that parents and students are both maybe carrying some anxiety or just that things are different this year, Liz, can you give parents some tips who are maybe worried about their child's well-being, whether it's due to COVID or just general concern or changes? Yes, a few things. Um, <laughs> Can't wait to First hear of all, oh, I have some things. <laughs> first of all, a ton of encouragement. Going back to school is hard. Change is hard and anxiety producing, even when we aren't in the midst of a pandemic. So validation and encouragement. I suggest using ands instead of buts, mm -hmm. such as, yes, this is hard and I know you'll get through this. Give time for release of energy, some kind of outlets, which can be difficult as we start distance learning again. It's mm -hmm. hard to have some kind of release of that energy when you're sitting in front of a computer screen for hours in a day. So some kind of release of that emotional and that physical energy. On the same note, offer ways for connection whether it's through non-school Zoom meetings with a friend or a family member, a family game night, um, family dinner, one neighborhood friend that they enjoy playing with, some way to connect as students start distance learning for the majority of their day again. Even if they're in hybrid situations, they're going to be spending some time apart from each other. So offering some kind of connection opportunities. Mm -hmm. Give them an opportunity to have some control. We are in a time where a lot of things feel out of our control. Mm -hmm, 100%. So that may look like offering choices um, at home for dinner, what they're going to wear that day or small things as it fits in with your family. But some ways that they feel they can have some semblance of control over pieces of their environment. And last, but certainly not least, safety and comfort. Make sure they have times they are learning and developing ways to calm and comfort in times of big emotions. And that can be done through a parent's example of breathing and regulating themselves. 
it is so important for kids to be learning through a parent or guardian's way of how they are regulating their own emotions, which is so hard for parents to do too <laughs> and guardians to be doing. And it's important for them to be learning how to do that too. Right. Because parents and guardians are stressed as well. And so I always encourage parents and guardians to be doing self-care and taking care of their needs too. That's an important piece mm -hmm. of this. So be carving out time for yourself to be caring for your needs so that kids can be learning from that and seeing how to do that through your example and learning those breathing and calming and comforting self-soothing techniques through you. I appreciate all of those points. I think that they're easy things that um, we sometimes forget as we're anxious or have a lot going on. Just the importance of taking a breath as the adult and then also showing our kids that it's okay to do that and to take that break and to take that pause. And I really liked the part about the and not but. I think a lot of times even in myself or for my own kids, I say, but let's do this. And I like the and piece. So thank you for those tips that we can all take away and use today to help ourselves and our students as well. Mm -hmm. Sam, can you tell us from your experience, if students feel that they are missing out on opportunities in the classroom due to the structure of the school year, what suggestions might you have for them to fill the void? As we know, at secondary level, students are starting in the distance learning model and transitioning to hybrid, and it is different. So can you tell us what suggestions you might have? Sure. I really like Liz's example of ands instead of buts. And so mm -hmm. let's go ahead and acknowledge, yeah, kids are missing some opportunities not being in a traditional classroom. That's the model that all of our teachers learn to teach under. Right. That's how we've been practicing learning it all the way through, you know, elementary and middle school. And so, sure, it is different. And that's okay. And you can still learn. And it's going to be okay because everyone in the country is doing the same thing. Right. So it's not a it's not a but. So uh, for those who are feeling like they're missing opportunities, I think this presents a phenomenal opportunity to create depth and learning. And so students for a long time have learned through a kind of a sit and get model where they, you know, someone in front of the room spouts out information or knowledge or experience. And you, you sit and you take notes and you soak it up and you spit that back out on a test somewhere. Mm -hmm. And What's going to happen now is that students are going to be able to learn differently about topics and subjects. They're going to have to access it differently without that face-to-face -face interactive piece. And so let's embrace that. So let's look for that depth in learning. I think some of the things that they can also do then are find ways, much like Liz said, they've got to find safe ways to connect with other people, whether that's online. I've got some students who will go out and go hammocking so that they can up their hammocks and get outside and you know then they're getting social interaction but they're at a safe distance and I think that's just terrific. I like that. I think our kids could read and I think that that shouldn't just be about what they're assigned. I think it could re-engage with novels or maybe some nonfiction. And so I think it allows a student to add some new layer to their preparation for life. So read the newspaper, mm -hmm. learn about some of the multicultural opportunities that are going on right now in Minneapolis and in our world in general. And so that'll help students grow. And then I think the last piece is that it would be really important for people to create structure. Mm -hmm. And so one of the big differences in our distance learning this year 
from spring is that it will be synchronous this time mm-hmm. instead of asynchronous, mm-hmm. meaning that they're going to have to log in at specific times. And that's a big change. Big change. But I think what we know about human development is that young people need structure. Mm-hmm. And so let's lean into that structure and let's have those times to, to log in and get that work done and then let that part of your life be done and get outside or read or socialize safely. I do think that's a really great point. And I think that not only young people, maybe you included me in that, (laughs) appreciate structure. I think it's just what we do know as humans and development in our brain is that if we have things structured and we kind of know what to expect, it helps us to be more successful in all areas of our life. And then the other thing I really appreciated was the depth of learning. And it is a lot different from the way you or I were taught. And anyone has ever been really before this last spring. (laughs) You learn in many different ways. And um, it's not just a sit and get model. Clearly, we have to try to do different things and incorporate technology and incorporate other things, like you said, the newspaper, just trying different ways and different learning in many different ways versus just having a teacher talk at you and you learn. So thank you for sharing that information with us. Uh, Just an observation. And so uh, another thing that I think it would be really important for families to have as a tip right now Mm -hmm. is we need to start rethinking about some of our institutions that we've held as norms. And so I'm struck by the number of families I've heard from that are concerned about GPAs and test scores. And so especially as kids are transitioning towards college. And I think that we we lose sight of the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. This is affecting everyone across the entire globe. It's affecting those same colleges that will be evaluating admission standards. And I, I think that we would be that we would be wise to recognize that this is this is affecting everyone. Headway is a nonprofit agency that transforms lives by providing hope, healing, and empowerment to thousands of children and families each year. Headway School-Based Services offers convenient outpatient therapy services directly addressing school success, truancy, mental health, and substance use issues. In turn, helping children and families achieve lasting results and skills for life. Headway's on-site staff is readily available to students, their families, school faculty and staff who might need to refer a student in emotional distress. Through assessment and treatment, plans are created to identify and eliminate issues that interfere with optimal functioning. To complete a Headway referral form, please visit the main office at your child's school. Or for more information, visit www.headway.org. So Liz, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that you work closely with teachers and you work closely with parents and you work closely with students. Can you tell us a little bit or pretend that a parent reaches out to you or a teacher requesting assistance for their child? What types of therapy do you provide and what would a typical session look like? Like other mental health therapists in the district, I provide individual family therapy and can provide group therapy. The techniques I use vary depending on the child and the needs of the child, Mm -hmm. but I incorporate a lot of play, psychoeducation, so learning about how the brain works and responds to emotions and thoughts. I read books, process conflicts that the child may be having at home or with friends. Um, I do some problem solving and really develop coping strategies and move forward to help make big feelings seem more manageable. 
So it's really about sitting in the therapy office and connecting with a child and figuring out what the child's needs are and processing through what the child needs to move forward and be more successful and cope with whatever the child is, is dealing with. Headway also offers psychological testing, county case management, and day treatment services. So there are other services that Headway also provides. And so, um, as you mentioned earlier, too, Headway is in many of our elementary and secondary schools. Yes. So the work that you're doing is probably similar to a lot of the work that the other mental health therapists are doing across our district. Would you say that? Yes. And each therapist really has their own style and their own specialty. I would say that each therapist is really a generalist, but some of the therapists have different techniques that they use. And so it really depends on the age of the child. It depends on the needs of the child, but it looks a little bit different depending on the therapist and depends on the relationship and how long you've been seeing the child too, and what the, the particular needs are and how that looks in each session. And it's pretty unique too, or pretty cool that you are in the school with the student. You can connect and interact with their teacher or their special ed teacher or the gym teacher as well. And you see them during the school day, correct? Yes. I would work with the teachers and decide on an appropriate time to pull them out of a class. And I don't try to pull them out of the same class each week. So my schedule definitely changes (laughs) and I try to pull them out at an appropriate time during the week. And Mm -hmm. sessions are usually about 45 minutes long at the elementary level. And we work on skills. We work on coping strategies and talk about what the needs are during that week. It's usually a once a week appointment. And if someone was interested in learning more or wanted to connect with the mental health therapist at their school, what would their next step be? You can contact your child's school social worker or at the middle school or high school level, it would be your school counselor and your child or your child's teacher. You can connect with them or you can also contact the mental health therapist at your child's school directly if you are interested in starting therapy services. Thank you for sharing that important information with us, because I'm not sure a lot of families know that we do have a mental health therapist at many of our schools. So thank you for telling us about what that would look like and how we can reach out to someone if we need that service. So Sam, as your work as a school counselor, you see students throughout the year, as we talked about, there's big topics that you know are going to happen, but then your day-to-day varies. Can you give us and parents listening or students listening some of the common topics that students and or parents or guardians would approach you with? And how would you go addressing that as well? Sure. So the the biggest questions come around times of transition. Mm -hmm. So get a lot from students and families as they transition from middle school to high school. Mm -hmm. Get a lot from students and families as they're going to make that transition out of high school and either into college or into technical training or the military or into a work setting. And so there are a lot of processes around all of those accessing financial aid, for example, or how to fill out applications for colleges or jobs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We also see a lot of transition around developing uh, mental health issues or when a family falls suddenly into poverty or homelessness or when students see issues around equity mm-hmm. and, and aren't sure how to handle it. So those tend to be kind of broad strokes of the paintbrush. And do you typically work with students directly or do parents also call you with concerns and questions? 
probably, I don't know, 90% of my work is directly with students. Okay. Uh, You know, the high school age, most of them are self-sufficient. And so I do hear from a lot of families, of course, and we're always happy to engage with parents. Mm -hmm. And so that's welcome. Sometimes we'll reach out to parents and just make sure that they're connected with the ideas and things that we're processing through. That's really good information to know. And and you're not the only counselor at your high school or at each of our five high schools. There are people similar to your role, correct? Absolutely. There are seven of us here at Champlain Park, and we have a terrific website where you can access our information and how to contact us by email or phone or Google Meeting. We do know how to do Google Meetings really well now. (laughs) (laughs) It was so hard not to stay in person. (laughs) (laughs) So hard, but now we, we know how to do it. I feel good about my skills, at least. Based on the information you both have shared in this podcast, it's obvious you have the same goal of improving students' lives and have impacted a lot of students through your work as a therapist and a counselor and as a human being. So... Knowing that, Sam, as we're wrapping up, can you provide or offer advice to a senior that's starting school, as we know that there's various learning models that are happening? So what is a piece of advice you would give a senior if they wanted to hear it? Yeah, I think this is a really unique opportunity for seniors to engage in learning in ways that people before them haven't. And so I I think this is a terrific opportunity to reach a lot of depth in learning and how to showcase that out. I think there's been a lot of concern from students and families about their GPAs or about their ACT test scores. Mm-hmm. And I think the mark of difference isn't going to be in a 0.25 grade change here and there. Mm-hmm. What's going to stand out to a college is what people have done to fill this time. Mm-hmm. Have they gone and done community service or have they found a way to enrich their learning? And so even outside the school, they found a way to, uh, to get lessons to speak Hmong or some language that we don't offer traditionally. So uh, I think there are ample ways that students can stand out from one another. And so I would encourage them to do that. They have the time that they haven't in the past. And they're going to have mastery of electronic accesses like never before. Mm-hmm. So that's great. The advice that I would offer is to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. Know that your resources are all still here. And so even though you're not in the building with us every day, it's not just as easy to swing by my office and come sit down for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. You can certainly ring in. I'm going to meet with you one-on-one. Your counselors are still here for you. Your administrators are still Mm -hmm. here for you. So all those supports are still in place, even if they feel different. Mm-hmm. Is there any advice you would give to a guardian or a parent as their high school students are starting the year differently? I would, especially the parent of a senior. I think that the parent of a senior is going to have to strike a really tough balance of giving that senior some space, mm-hmm. trusting processes, while also loosely holding to a timeline to make sure that they're getting where they need to be. Mm -hmm. So in general, if your child is college bound and hasn't applied by a winter break, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. If uh, if your child is going into the military and hasn't been in contact with a recruiter by around winter break, that's a problem. But in general, the things we would all want, give your kids some leeway, love them, let them know that they're safe. Mm-hmm. If they need anything at all, we are here and we are a resource for them. And that goes for parents too. If they have any questions, come ask. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of information out there and it can be hard to cipher through. So it's okay to ask. Thank you for sharing. That's a lot of really great points. So I think reaching out to people at your child or your student's school and just knowing what is coming from either their high school or their elementary school or their middle school is really important. Liz, as we wrap up our podcast, what is a useful resource that you feel that might help parents with students in elementary school 
navigate this school year? Well, I think just like what Sam was saying, definitely use the supports within your child's school. We are all there to help your children succeed and to live an emotionally healthy life. And we're all there to point you in the right direction, whether it's someone within the school or within the community, whether it's a new situation or an ongoing concern or a crisis situation. Mm -hmm. We are all there to help support you, your family and your child. And so use the people that are there surrounding you to, to help you through all of this. That is my advice. Thank you for sharing that. I know as we embark on a new school year, a different school year, I think it's important to mention that we're all in this together. We are in a pandemic, so things are going to look very different. And I think knowing that you have support in many different ways of your life is really good to know. I can speak for everyone. We're really grateful for your insights and knowing that there are staff that students and families can turn to for help. I just want to say thank you so much to both of you for your time and your wisdom. Thank you for the work you do each day to support the students in our schools and in our school district. And you do have a lasting impact from the work that you do on so many. And I don't think that always gets recognized. So thank you so much for being here today, for your time, and just sharing information that hopefully our parents and guardians and students can use as we embark on a, on a different year. So thank you. We're happy to help. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. This resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.